Hey fam, how's it going? Feels like it's been a while. Hope everyone is doing great. I am broadcasting here from Truckee, California right now. Your boy Depot hiding out for a few days before the amazing Western States 100 this weekend. We're now a couple days removed from the Broken Arrow Sky Race, also here in the Tahoe area where I spent the weekend doing media stuff live streaming, doing group runs, hosting panels during this exceptional event. Seriously, if you've never been to Broken Arrow, you must put it on your calendar, top to bottom, first class race. I was really happy to be part of it now for the second year in a row. This episode is the elite men's panel from Broken Arrow. We recorded this on Saturday in the heart of the village in front of a crowd, which was really fun. My guests were Max King, David Kilgore, Logan Williams, and Stephen Kirsch, four awesome athletes and cool dudes who were competing over the weekend. I had a great time doing this and thought the guys had a lot of great things to say, so figured we would share it here in the pod feed. A couple more announcements before we get to it. First, go get your fantasy picks in for Western States. Go to fantasy.freetrail.com. Make sure you pick 10 deep for this one. Usually we only go five deep, but make sure you pick 10 deep for your chance to win $2,500 in prizes. Fantasy.freetrail.com. Go get your picks in. Also, we will be doing our live interview show again this year to get you pumped for the Western States live stream uh, and to warm up. Corinne and myself will co-host three sessions interviewing some of the top athletes in the race, as well as some people from the race organization and other interesting characters peripheral to the event. These sessions will be broadcasted in front of a live audience and also live streamed to the Western States 100 YouTube channel. So if you're going to be there, please come see us in person. Otherwise, make sure you catch the live streams. These sessions will be two hours each with six interviews per session. So we're budgeting about 20 minutes per guest. They will be Thursday morning, 9 to 11 a.m., Thursday afternoon, 3 to 5 p.m., and Friday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. again. We will post the guest lineup tomorrow, but you won't want to miss it. So clear your schedules for those time slots. (laughs) Like last year, we will also take the recordings of these sessions and put them here in the podcast feed for those who prefer the audio experience. After the Thursday afternoon session from 5 to 6.30 p.m., Free Trail will be hosting a happy hour at the coffee bar in Olympic Valley, the coolest place in town. So if you're going to be at the race, come join us for a casual opportunity to socialize ahead of the weekend's drama. We'll have beer, wine, and non-alcoholic options. So it's going to be a family-friendly event open to everyone. Runners, family, crews, industry folks, everyone is welcome. So if you're in town, please do come join us Thursday, 5 to 6.30 p.m. at the coffee bar. Finally, a big thank you to Speedland for being the presenting sponsor of the show. Best trail running footwear ever produced and a brand that like free trail is trying to take this sport to the next level check out runspeedland.com grab a pair of the slhsv free trail members get a huge whopping 20 percent discount so 
join Free Trail. <laughs> we would love to have you part of the fam. Big thanks to Dave and Kevin and Speedland as a whole for their support of the show and the incredible opportunity to be part of building this new brand from scratch. It has been such a fun journey. This special episode of the show is also made possible by Garmin and specifically the Forerunner 955 Solar, the latest running watch from Garmin the gold standard in GPS devices, especially watches. I just received my Forerunner 955 Solar a few weeks ago, and it is easily the best watch I've ever used. And I have used a lot of watches. It has all the basic functionality that you would expect, but a bunch of cool wellness features, capturing HRV, calculating your recovery levels. And the coolest thing, in my opinion, is the solar charging ability. How cool is that? The watch has up to 49 hours of battery life in GPS mode because of the solar charging capability. Don't ask me how it works, but it works. It's so cool. And uh, 49 hours of GPS makes it compatible with even the craziest adventures. So uh, big thanks to Garmin. They were also a sponsor of Broken Arrow. It was great to hang there. And we are grateful for their support. Go check out the Forerunner 955 Solar link in the show notes. Okay. You will be hearing a lot more of my voice soon, but here is the elite men's panel from the Broken Arrow Sky Race. See you in the outro. So again, this is going to be the elite men's panel. My name is Dylan Bowman. I am one of the founders of Free Trail. We are a media business, among other things, in this great sport of trail running. And I have the honor of hosting this conversation. I'm going to be up here for, I think, two full hours. So after the elite men's panel, we're going to be doing another panel with Seth Ruling, Caitlin Gerben, Maggie Guterell. Uh, but first, we will start with our esteemed guest here. Maybe uh, we'll start uh, by just doing quick introductions. Max, why don't you get us started? Just tell us who you are, where you're from, what you're up to this weekend. You were looking at me, and I knew. I just knew I was going to be first. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, shoot. Uh, my name is Max King uh, from Bend, Oregon. I've uh, been running a little bit of everything for, I don't know, the past like 50 or 60 years, I feel like now. Um, maybe it's only been like 30, but it feels like a long time. Um, getting older, but still running trails and uh, run everything from track, road, cross country, trails, mountains, ultras, you name it. Via Ferratas. Via Ferratas yesterday. now. Yeah. That was He's the our first. winner of the Iron Face Challenge. A big round of applause for Mr. Max King. All-time legend of the game, Mr. Kilgore. Yo, what's up, guys? I'm David Kilgore. I live in the Bronx in New York City. Um, kind of like Max. I feel like I do a slew of, of everything. Uh, track, cross-country, road running, you know, up in the mountains. Uh, and I'm out here doing the Triple Crown this weekend, so super rad, super fun times. Two down, one to go. Yeah. Logan. Hi, my name is Logan Williams. I'm from Truckee, California. Uh, I'm primarily trail, dipping my toes into the shorter stuff and some roads. So out here doing the VK and the 26K and just getting out of my comfort zone a little bit. So it's all fun. Building towards Run Rabbit at the end of the summer. Yes, Iconic 100-mile race in Steamboat. Last but not least, Mr. Kirsch. What's up, guys? My name is Stephen Kirsch. I'm from Flagstaff, Arizona. Coming out here to run the 26K. The last couple times I've been out here, 
has been a week later to run Western States, so it's nice n- nice to change it up a little bit. And uh, yeah, much cooler weather this weekend than, than we're used to. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes, winter jackets galore on the stage. <laughs> yes. So we're going to kind of wrap out up here for 30, 45 minutes and then definitely want to open it up for questions at the end. So if you have comments or questions for this amazing group of athletes, keep them in the back of your head and we'll get to that in just a little bit. Max King, I want to get back to you. Let's start our conversation. I think you and I represent kind of the old guard in the sport you're at not, the moment. You're not old. What are you talking about? Not as old as you, no. but <laughs> getting up there. But I, I think it's fun, this being kind of the elite men's panel, to maybe just give a little bit of a historical perspective on how the sport has changed on the professional end, uh, you know, what your experience has been being a pro for so long in the sport and how that's evolved over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been, I'm not quite like, I started in track and road and I did that and through about 2008, 2010, and I wasn't really big in the trail world when like guys like Scott Jurek and, and those guys were running Western States. And so I don't have that historical perspective that far back, but, you know, I feel like I got lucky in the timing that I got into the sport when it was getting a lot more competitive. And it's really amazing, like how much it's changed over the past, like 10, 15 years of just going from, you know, some, something that's fairly competitive, um, some competition coming into the sport and a little bit of money coming into the sport from the sponsor side of things and stuff. And then just seeing where it is now, um, has, it's just continues to blow up every single year. Like this year at Zagama was a really good example. I just got back from Spain um, two weeks ago, ran Zagama three weeks ago. And it was a race that, you know, if you're running about four hours in that race, you're always in the top five. This year I was 16th. I was 16th and I ran under four hours of that race. And it's um, just for some perspective, it's like every single other year I would have been in the top five. And so the level of competition just continues to go up and up because of like how, how many people this sport is bringing into it right now, how much is blowing up. And that's really cool to see. Like the, races like this, events like this are really the reason why like this sport is becoming so popular. It brings everybody together for the weekend. And that is super cool because you've got people running the kids race, the 11K, the VK. Now they have a Via Ferrata race and they have the, the 52K and the 26. And it's like so many different races. You can, you know, no matter who you are, there's a race here that you can participate in and be a part of this whole festival atmosphere. And that's getting everybody into the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Patty O'Leary talking about the depth of competition that we're seeing now. He did the VK yesterday. Patty, of course, is a very, very talented runner from the San Francisco Bay Area. He said he ran the best VK of his life yesterday. I think five-minute PR, and he was like 14th overall. It's just like <laughs> it's crazy. so many good athletes so in the crazy. sport now. David, you have kind of an interesting perch from which you can observe the sport, not only being a pro athlete yourself, but also being a sports marketer, scouting, recruiting, supporting some of the other top athletes in the sport, including Ali McLaughlin, the women's champion of the VK yesterday. David works for On Running. So maybe talk about how your life as a elite athlete has maybe informed the way that you interact with the athletes that you work with professionally. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, and shouts out to Ali McLaughlin for winning yesterday. Oh, oh! Yes, so strong. <laughs> Smashed it. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's super rad. I feel like I have a super interesting position being it on. Um, just because, yeah, being, being an athlete myself, I, I feel like I have a lot of nuances and how we can like structure the team, how we can take care of the athletes and how we can keep you know, building them up in a magnitude of ways. 
are you seeing kind of what Max just alluded to in that like a new generation of athletes is coming up and maybe taking a different trajectory than they may have 10, 12 years ago instead of doing their standard track marathon progression, they're instead trying to dabble in the trails a little more? Yeah, a thousand percent. It's uh, it's been really, really cool. I mean, especially just diving in a little bit more of it uh, this year myself. Um, seeing, I don't know, like you know, signing contracts for people and working with other people in the in the industry. Um, yeah, contracts are getting more and more. Uh, they're on the rise, which is dope for Good. all the all the trail runners out there. So keep <laughs> running fast. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool to see, man. It's not there's. Still lots of focus on track and road, but there's uh, a lot more focus on the trail. So it's yeah. super hype. And just real quick, maybe give us a quick uh, debrief of how you're feeling two thirds of the way done through the Triple Crown this weekend. You feeling okay? Woof, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> that ladder's gonna be the death of me. Yes. Seriously, man. <laughs> One more tomorrow, cool. <laughs> well, you know, we've sort of tossed the word professional around a couple of times now, but it's, I think, a word that's used a little loosely in our sport. I think all of us probably do other things outside of running to make a living. Logan, I think you're a practicing attorney. So maybe talk about that part of your life and how you balance that with your athletic career. Yeah, so um, I was recently barred last year in the state of Nevada. Um, that was obviously a big step for me personally, um, as well as trying to juggle that with the running career professionally and everything. And the way that it kind of came down to it was um, just prioritizing my mental health and like my physical health over um, both work um, and play and just making sure that I was taking care of myself. And I'm really fortunate to have reestablished a new relationship with running over the last few years where it wasn't just a job, but it was also like my outlet. Um, it was the way that I helped de-stress and decompress yeah. and it became a necessity studying for the bar and, and has maintained that sort of state within my life as I practice and as I continue kind of to develop on both fronts. Um, and so it's really cool because it's kind of gone hand in hand um, with the professional career outside of running. Um, and I've also had a very strict rule with myself to never bring work home and to make sure that like work is work. Um, I go there, I clock in and I clock out and then that's that. Um, outside of work, it's hopefully focusing on running, my friends, my family, and like the experiences that work allows me to have. Um, and that's been kind of an interesting way to shape it and have that perspective going forward. Um, and just being really grateful for the opportunities that both running and my work outside of running have brought me. Um, and I kind of, I hope that answers your question. A yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. What kind of law do you practice? Um, so right now I'm a judicial clerk um, for um, Chief Judge or Judge Scott Freeman down in Reno. Um, my focus prior to that was um, federal criminal prosecution. So working in like a cartel and fentanyl distribution. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for the work that you do. Yes. Thanks. thanks. Keeping <laughs> us safe. Uh, Stephen Kirsch, my man, we just did a podcast like a few days ago. For those who don't know uh, Stephen Kirsch, he's also a fantastic creative in the sport. And I think maybe this is an interesting thing to talk about, which I don't think we really did on the pod, but we sort of talked a little bit about the ascent of trail within the greater ecosystem of running in general. And maybe talk about as somebody who makes content in the sport, who tells stories in the sport and who comes from a road background and who does work both in the road scene and in the trail scene, how you view trail in the greater context in running? Do you view it as an ascendant sport? And in what ways like, are you inspired to sort of tell stories? Yeah, for sure. I think kind of one thing that's 
great about trail running is, um, and I think that's also why it's become so popular with so many people is, and it, you know, you obviously have a shared experience with an elite athlete at the New York City Marathon and, and someone who's running, you know, five hours, they're running the same course, but I think there's something about like trail running and going through the like insane highs and lows that that brings that is just so much more, um, it creates such a bigger bond, I feel like, between the front of the pack and like middle and back. And it's just, it's such a more shared experience, I think. And um, yeah, those stories are, they kind of just come to life and they're certainly not like easier to tell, I think, but they're more interesting. Um, and I do think that a lot of brands clearly see the, uh, see that as they're willing to put a lot of money towards telling these stories of their athletes. And um, yeah, I think, I think trail running for sure is, it, 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 it does a great job of storytelling on its own, and uh, it's been fun over the last couple of years to try and try and tell some. Yeah, and you live in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is a hotbed for both professionals in the road and track scene and also in the trail scene. So have you seen a little bit more interest in the professional groups that train there in Flagstaff and maybe getting a little bit, little bit more adventurous in the mountains? A little bit, yeah. You know, you'll, you'll take some some pro runners, road runners, on a couple of single track runs, and they get a little wary of their ankles. Uh, but um, yeah, man, it's it's fun to dabble in both. And I kind of started in the road scene. That's why I moved to Flagstaff was to pur- pursue road dreams, uh, and then it turned into mountain dreams pretty quickly. But um, yeah, there's definitely some overlap, and I think both. You know, there's a lot to learn from both sides. Yeah. Well, shout out to everybody in Flagstaff. I know they're dealing with a bit of a fire right now. Yeah. So hope everybody is staying safe. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the great work that you do in the sport. It's super fun to follow and watch all the art that you uh, bring to fruition on the internet. Max, let's go back to you. I mean, you sort of mentioned this at the beginning, but you have been probably the most dynamic and versatile athlete in the sport of running for a decade now. You're a you know, Olympic trials, steeplechaser, a world champion, obstacle course racer, a world champion, hundred K runner of generational talent on the trails. I know you've sort of talked about how variety is the spice of life. You're in your forties now. How have you been able to hold it together? And to what extent has just like the variety that you've always applied to your running helped you remain so strong? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I feel like part of it's luck, you know, it's like I've stayed healthy for the most part. Um, I've dealt with injuries, of course, just like everybody does. Um, But I've tried to always stay on top of them because for me, you know, running has always been a really big part of my life. And it's always, uh, it's not something that's like secondary to anything else that I'm going to be doing. So um, I'm always putting a lot of effort into continuing it, keeping it going as much as possible. And I think what I learned really on early on um, when I was, you know, focusing on track is like I, I ran for Oregon Track Club for about a year and a half, two years, and I was just solely focused on the steeplechase. And I got kind of burnt out. And I realized, you know, burnout like in college and then then it's like, I have to mix it up. I have to do other things. And so ever since then, you know, I've always kind of dabbled in trail stuff a little bit. But at that point in, I was about 2008, I just started doing other things and kind of going back and forth from road to track to trail and kind of doing what I wanted to do. And what I've found is like, it really keeps me motivated. Like that's what keeps me 
run, like getting out the door every single day, uh, doing workouts specifically for a particular event to get better at it. When I fail, you know, on some 50k trail run that I just did, it's like, well, now I want to get better, and like gives me more new motivation to get out there and challenge myself. And and that's what's been keeping it going for me for you know 15 years. It's like I just kind of keep doing it because I always have something that I'm learning. I always have something to challenge myself with and do something new. So. Do you do, is it a conscious decision that you make? Like, do you feel a staleness or a lack of motivation and then you make a conscious decision of like, oh, I should switch it up? No, it's, it, it's never been like a conscious thing. It's always been kind of a, ah, I just, I feel like doing this new thing over here. So I'm going to go do it because, you know, I, somebody tells me I can't and so I'm obviously going to do it. And, and at that point, it's like, oh, crap, I have more to learn. Like something that I, I didn't know that I had in me, like, I feel like I could be better at it. I feel like I can do something new and like I can learn something new. And so I just go do it and continue with it for a little while until like part of me like, oh man, it's like I have a new shoe or now I have this other piece of fitness that I just don't know how that's going to translate back to the road. And so, ah, shoot, let's go try a marathon. Let's go try a road marathon. I don't know how it's going to go, but I've, I've been dabbling over here doing a lot of hill training. Like, how's that com- going to convert over to roads? And so now I'm excited to go do a road event again. And so every couple of years, that kind of switches back and forth. Um, and that's why I'm always kind of like bouncing around doing other stuff. Awesome. What a great lesson. So now that we've sort of gotten everybody into the conversation, maybe I'll just like toss a few broad questions out and whoever wants to run with it can. I think... You know, for the outside observers, they probably view being a pro as being like the most amazing, easy life where you just go jog around in the mountains. And certainly like it comes with a lot of amazing lifestyle benefits. We also have such indescribable highs during the course of our careers, but also like really, really tough moments. So maybe to start with the uh, the harder parts, is there... Anybody on the panel who maybe wants to point out a, a really rough moment in their career and what you learned from it with a little bit of perspective? We're getting deep and philosophical yeah. here, folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, this is like, very poignant, but I mean, I'm coming back from a knee injury um, with some tendonitis and some partial tears in my IT and PEZ, and like, I came off a great block last year leading into Black Canyon this year, and felt one of those niggles and just kept running through it and that reared its head um for Sonoma which was like one of my focus races this year and it blew up and now I'm 11 weeks from that injury and I think like one of the hardest things has been to to actually start these races this weekend um I think what a lot of people don't understand too is like putting yourself out there again after an injury is like one of the scariest things to do as an athlete especially for races like this where there's a lot of publicity, the fields are so incredibly deep and talented, and you know you're not at the 100% level that you want to be at, but you know that there's only really one way to get there, and it's to rip the Band-Aid off. Um, and that's honestly been like one of the hardest things for me as an athlete to do is to, is to step up on the other side of an injury, but not quite where I want to be fitness-wise and where I feel like I should be to be here. Um, but it's also, it's very humbling because it makes you appreciate the good races and the good workouts and like the little details that much more. And then it also allows you to focus on the community and the people around you a little bit more when you remove the pressure of performance. Like it allows you to kind of open up your eyes a little bit. And so 
I guess that's been kind of my lesson with one of the lows from this year. Beautiful answer. Anybody else on the panel? When you, you talk about a pro athlete, and, and I think a lot of people just think that we do go run around in the mountains every day. And a, a piece of it that always comes into play, and I know that you know this just as well as any of us is, um, we have like five invoices we got to write today. And just the whole business side of things, of like managing like, okay, we're, we're professional athletes, but if we're putting a lot of our, um, like if, if that's our career, if that's a big part of our career, it's running it like a small business too. And a lot of people don't think about that. Um, and so I always kind of like to point that out too. It's like, yeah, we got to do the work. We got to do the work to, in order to be, you know, up at the front in order to like make sponsors happy and things like that and to get the most out of it. And that requires like us going out every single day. Um, and that's a big part of it is like out the door every single day and getting all the work in. And, and everybody kind of thinks about that. But a lot of times it's like, it's not that much fun when you really don't want to get out the door, but you know you have to. And, and, and all athletes say that, you know? And then the other side of it is like the business side of like, yeah, I've got to fill out invoices today because, you know, otherwise I don't, I don't get paid. <laughs> so, Doing the expense so it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all that sort of stuff too that goes along with it. That, well, yeah, that it's, a, it's a good point because it's like the performance has a lot wrapped up in it, right? If you have a bad race, it's not only like a hit to your personal identity, but also like a threat to your personal livelihood. And oftentimes it's a burden that you guys have to carry as you know, professional athletes. Any uh, meditations on you know, the pressure that comes with being a professional athlete? We're making it sound like it's a really horrible lifestyle, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Is there anything else anybody wants to add in terms of like, yeah, the 360 degree view and experience of being a pro? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there. I'll, I'll, add some, uh, I'll add some love to the professional athlete side of things. <laughs> Well, I think with a, you know, with any low, there's, you know, tons, tons of highs that come with it. Um, but even in those lows, I feel like when you're in the low, it, it kind of like allows you to explore yourself and explore like new possibilities and kind of like work on what you want to get to next. So I think that's always like really, really cool and really insightful that um, kind of like even when you're like in the, the darkest times, you're able to kind of you know, find like a new window. And I feel like that builds you up to become a, like a better person and a better athlete as well. Yeah. Awesome. Kirsch, you want to add anything? Man, I think everyone kind of touched on it, Max, with kind of all the juggling that goes on. And then, uh, yeah, David talking about that. And, and, you know, Logan, I mean, we've all been through injuries. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think the, I signed my first professional contract in running in 2019. And, uh, I don't know, there's almost a piece of it where it's like I felt a lot of pressure get lifted off me, which is interesting. And sometimes I need to like tell myself like I, I want to be as hungry as I was in 2018, 2017, you know? And um, so yeah, that's just something I think I need to be like super checked into that it isn't like being complacent with like, oh yeah, now I have a contract and everything's like copacetic because I still want to go out there and, you know, kick ass and do all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes you know it does take a little like reframing and there, there's always another step like you know you're not just it, yeah I think it, you can keep leveling up kind of yeah. so yeah I just want to make sure that I keep doing that and yeah yeah I mean it's a incredible gift it's an incredible life I don't think any of us would trade it for any other career but 
it is a career and it does come with a lot of hard things sometimes too, which I think is important to And we certainly, highlight. we certainly wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love it, right? <laughs> that's so, right. That's, that's yep. the flip side of it. Exactly. So, you know, I think for a lot of people who are maybe watching the live stream or, you know, sort of generally observing the sport, it appears to be an individual sport. We watched an incredible battle between Cam Smith and Eli Hemming in the VK yesterday. And it often, you know, needs, we need to be reminded that it's more of a team sport, right? And we all have really important people in our corners that make this life and these big adventures and competitions possible. So maybe uh, whoever wants to take it, maybe talk a little bit about the team that you have behind you, the supporters, wives, coaches, teammates, uh, training partners, and, and sort of what benefit they brought into your career. Yeah, I mean, I think when I first got into trail running, I was lucky to be in Flagstaff and had just a great group of guys to just literally like show me what I was doing. Um, And they also just, it was great to get sort of a path of what has worked for other people to get to accomplish the things that I wanted to accomplish in the sport. Um, So that was a great first thing. And then, yeah, I mean, Adidas really has been great with kind of a team model it's not just, you don't really just sign an individual sponsorship. You're, you're really, you become part of this, this team that they're building and they've really invested a lot of money in that. And I think it's really comforting to show up in like Chamonix and know that you're not really, even though, yeah, there's like a million trail runners there, so you're never alone. But like to know that you know a lot of people, you know, and you have that, like it was really comforting. Uh, and just, yeah, there's a great support system there. And then, um, yeah, I found it very helpful to have a coach in the last couple of years. I didn't for a while. And then lately, last 18 months or so, I've been working with a coach. And um, yeah, to have that backing and that support and just not have to think about what you're going to do every single day has been uh, a big stress reliever. So yeah, important to surround yourself with, with good people, smarter people. Yeah, hands down. Uh, yeah, community, I feel like is the, the biggest biggest word, most important thing to, to it all. I mean, especially in these some of those like long, long ultras, uh, your support crew, I feel like it's everything. You're, you're only going to survive probably like a quarter of the race if, uh, if you're yeah. out there doing it yourself. Um, and, but yeah, I, I feel like as, I don't know, as at least my, my career has progressed and my, my age has progressed. Um, I feel like when you're a young buck, you know, you're like, you're just out there, you're like ready to like throw yourself through a wall at all times. And that's kind of like all you're thinking about, but I don't know, as, as you get older, you start to, I feel like reflect a lot more and you're like, wow, like the people that surrounded me over the years have really built me into this person that I am um, and really helped me accomplish all the, all the goals that I set out for myself. So it's like really cool to yeah, reflect back upon and um, myself uh, being in New York City, I feel like it's a melting pot of like a run culture as well. Yeah. So it's really cool to kind of like dive and dab in different, different areas of people. And, uh, and you've been such a community builder and you probably feel that like all weekend you're homies in New York City are probably watching you on Instagram and cheering from you from afar. And so even though they're not here to support you in person, right, that, that energy that's behind you, you feel it probably, huh? Oh, hands down, man. I feel like, uh, yeah, all my friends, like, especially from the Bronx, because uh, that's usually what comes up in race results. They're like, yo, like, dude, check it out. Like, you're up there with all the outdoor guys. Like, so sick. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, community is definitely top of the list for sure. Representing the urban shredders here in Broken Arrow. Max, you're a father of two. Tell us about how your family has maybe contributed to your success. I mean, it, it's obviously, it's been 
what kind of makes it work, you know, that my wife puts up with a lot. Um, and she allows me to do this, basically. That's how things work in life, <laughs> is she allows me to do this. Um, and it, it's been great. I mean, it's, you know, it's, she puts a lot of, like, she just allows me to pursue my dreams, um, puts a lot of work into the family, and being, you know, being that I'm gone quite a bit for weekends like this, um, I'm lucky enough now, like my son's here with me this weekend. He just ran the 11K today, and um, he's, you know, he's, he's, they're, they're getting old enough, right, to where they can now, like, travel with me a little bit and kind of be on their own. I don't know where he is actually right now. Um, and they can kind of, kind of take care of themselves, and it gets a lot easier at this point. Um, but it's also a lot more fun, too, because now, like this morning, he was running the 11K, and I w- was, like, nervous for him because he's, he's taking off out the, out the hill, and they're starting to go up the hill, and he's, like, up toward the front. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how's this going to go? <laughs> and I'm getting all nervous and stuff, and then he comes in. He did phenomenally well. I was super proud of him, and um, it's just really cool to see that now come together. Um, and this is a kid that, like, probably could care less about, like, what I do but at the same time, he's seeing everything that I do, and he's interpreting that and like um, re kind of like putting that on his life and interpreting that in his own way, I guess. Um, and now he's like doing it too. And I never expected that in a million years that he'd be a runner. Um, and maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. He's 12, so who knows? But he's running now, and that's cool. And that gives me a lot of joy now, seeing seeing that transition or seeing that change in him. And um, that makes me excited to do it even more. So it's it's kind of cool. And, and having all that support and stuff is really, really neat. So, To what extent have your kids influenced your professional career? Because it strikes me that yeah, you said your son's 11. You've been a professional athlete. I've known you for at least 11 years, I feel like. And you'd say that they now understand sort of what you do professionally. But over the years, had, were you intentionally trying to set a good example through your performances on, on the trails and on the roads and in your athletic life to try and let them see what's possible? No. Yes and no. Like, I, I'm... I'm asking as a future dad. My wife is well, eight months pregnant here I, in the audience. Um, I, I definitely am very aware that if you push something on them, that they are going to run the opposite direction. And so I have intentionally been very hands off and very not like, look what I'm doing this weekend. Like you should do it too. This would be awesome if you did it. You would be great if you did. I'm like, I take the complete opposite approach. I'm just like, Hey, if you want to, you you can do it. If you want to do this other thing too, do it. Whatever you do, stick with it um, and have fun with it. And so that's, that's always been my attitude. And so they've always kind of done and dabbled in different things. My son, he plays the stand-up bass right now. And it's like, I'm very not musical at all. And so that's very cool. Um, the fact that he's getting into running now is like phenomenal and it's great. And I think the whole reason he is doing that is specifically because I said, don't do it. Basically. It's like, no, (laughs) you don't want want to run. Don't do it. And anything with him, it's like, if you tell him to do it, he's not going to, if you tell him not to do it, then he's going to. So, um, so that's kind of been the take that, that I've been kind of taking with my kids and, um, just kind of encouraging them to do whatever they really want to do, but then then stick with it yeah. for a little while anyway. Yeah, what until, a great lesson. Yeah. That comes from running, probably. Logan, yeah. any anecdotes from your support system, especially if you've been going through this period of injury? 
Yeah, and it's um, like one of the things that I've like always tried to like bring to both sport and work and just myself is like a sense of balance. And like I got a coach over the last two years that's really helped me. I think we've all kind of gone through that period of starting the sport and trying to go all in all the time and not understanding why we're seeing everything go wrong most of the time after that. And so having somebody to kind of check your, like hold the reins and kind of remind you that like it's a process and we're just continuously building is good. Um, also just like, I really try to surround myself with people outside of the sport as well. Um, Cause we do live in like our own like self-perpetuating loop sometimes of ideas, especially with the people that we surround ourselves with. And sometimes it's a nice reminder to have like friends come out and crew and come back to crew for like some of the longer stuff and see how psyched they are about like what we're doing. And to them, it's just mind boggling. Um, but it's also a nice reminder to say like, oh, there's other stuff out there too. Like it's cool to hear like their stories, like whether it's art or like what other creative projects they're pursuing. It's a good reminder that like there's a lot of other things out there in this world. And like, we've just chosen our one thing and like we happen to have achieved something that like many of us probably didn't dream of like five, 10, 15 years ago. And it's, uh, it's really cool just to have that like put in perspective sometimes. And so like surrounding yourself with loved ones, family members, and just like a good mix of people has been probably like the best thing that I've had in like my, in running. It's been like one of the greatest gifts. Yeah, such a good point. And yeah, the easiest way to get people in the sport is to have them come to a race. And it is a, as they say, it's cliche, but a metaphor for life. And I think it's attractive to all of us for those reasons. So maybe last question before we open it up. Um, you know, this is the elite men's panel. All of us have been in the sport for a while, maybe not as long as Max and I, but you know, we've all been around the block and built some experience. And this is a really exciting moment in the sport. And I think there's a lot of younger athletes who are trying to determine what they want to do, much like Max's kids. Um, and, you know, I think the four of you guys can offer some interesting perspective about, you know, maybe offering advice to the next generation of athletes who are coming into the sport. What are some of the learnings that you've accumulated over the years? And what would you like to pass along to the next generation, whether it's just about, you know, the lifestyle, the training, the mental side of the sport, anything that you think would be a helpful anecdote for the next generation? Okay. Old guys first. All right. <laughs> um, I think I want to pass along like kind of a piece of practical advice. And, and this kind of goes to like, this would go to everybody, right? And everybody getting into the sport and um, it's to just be aware of like, like I think what we're seeing right now, like you mentioned, like we're at an important and a really exciting time for the sport, right? Things are changing. Like races are happening. There's small races. There's big races. There's big race companies. There's this little tiny mom and pop races. It's to always be aware of like, like who you're supporting. Like I think that's a really important part of where we're going in the sport, of making sure that we know like you know, what race we're going to, who's behind it, and, um, and how they're creating or how they think about the sport, um, and that it's not, you know, one of my, this is personal to me, but, like, it's not all about the money of the sport and just getting more people to sign up and, and taking your money and putting on a trail race. It's, it's the community. It's this kind of feel. 
um, is really important to me. Um, having the elites along with um, the middle of the pack and the back of the pack and making sure that everybody is, is feeling very important and because they are. Everybody's important in the sport and making sure that we're all a big community and that we're never separating anybody out um, and that we're never like just putting on a race for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think that you know Brendan and his team here is phenomenal. World and class. I would I would love to see. I just want more of that in the sport. I love the mom and pop races, and I I, I want to see that thrive. I like the big races. Big races are awesome, but you got to make sure like you know who's behind them and stuff, and who you're supporting. So, just. A, Piece of practical advice. Such a, such a good point. And m- before we move on, I just want to highlight that because Brendan Madigan and the team behind Broken Arrow really are world-class and they have made the investment in the professional end of the races here and this being the elite men's panel. It really does make a difference. They have committed $50,000 in prize money to the elite men and women here at Broken Arrow. They've invested in the live stream. They invest in these sort of community activities. All those line items could have easily just gone back into Brendan's business, back into their budget for next year. And instead, he's investing, paying it forward, and really, you know, making sure that this isn't only about the money to uh, go back to Max's point. Anybody else want to talk about advice for the next generation? Yeah, man. Um, I want, yeah, I want to second both to what you guys uh, are both saying. I, I think it's really, really rad with, you know, the time that we're in with trail running. It's, it's super cool. I mean, events like this are just like the pinnacle of like what's going on, like building community and really like, investing back into to what, what the sport is. Um, and it's really so cool, too. I feel like um, just, I don't know, when I was younger as well, I had no idea even till like almost three quarters of the way through college that this world even existed. Um, and there's so many youth races and like young kids getting involved in trail running. And it's so, so cool to see. It's really, really rad. Um, but my piece of advice that I would probably give out, I would say be regimented, but also, you know, find, find your spark and find what makes you tick and find that really excites you uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, of course, you have to be regimented to, you know, be dialed and hit certain workouts and do certain like things like that to, to perform to your best. But also, I think, you know, you need to switch it up and you need to find the things that are, you know, keeping you excited, keeping you engaged in the sport. And I think that's what's going to keep you healthy and also keep you, give you longevity in the sport. And perform better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> ultimately makes it a lot more fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Logan. Okay, so I, I think as still a relatively young and like new runner onto the scene, um, it's incredible to see just the massive amount of talent that is quickly following. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody gets faster and younger every year. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to have. Um, it keeps us hungry. Um, it keeps us working hard, but also to those who are coming up and to like those people who are young and fast and like are working hard, just don't lose the joy in running. Like we all got into this because it brought us some sort of happiness and like it, it made us feel fulfilled in some way. And as soon as you start to put money or performance on that, it becomes really easy to lose that joy and that spark. Um, And just, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, why are you pursuing what you want to pursue? Because it does take time. It does take work. It does take a lot of sacrifice. I think we can all kind of attest to that. Like the amount of times we've missed some sort of family dinner or we've been traveling or the things we put aside seeing friends. Like make sure that you still find joy in it because it makes those moments worth it. And so, yeah, stay hungry, but also make sure you still have the joy at the end of the day when you finish every run. 
Yeah, at the risk of sounding like a total broken record, um, I do think just taking a page out of you know someone like Max's book or David, guys that just do a lot of different events, um, I think that's something I've been trying to do because when I first got into sport, I was like, oh yeah, you do a 50 and then you're just running hundreds and like that's all I really wanted to do. But I did. I just got definitely like, like I kind of lost that like North Star and then when you come to a place like this and it's like, oh, I can run 26K and it's going to be just as important to me as, you know, a really big race, like in terms of miles, I think that it's just important to, to mix it up and just keep doing what, yeah, what brings you joy. If that's, even if that's like, yeah, schema events or, or I don't know, race walking, I, you know, just like anything that, that is mixing it up and, and making you still be engaged with the sport um, and just going to provide a lot of longevity and keep you healthy and, and not get burned out. So, yeah, I think we can all agree that it's important to find joy. Joy is important. <laughs> Audience, any profound questions, comments for our esteemed panel of runners here? Don't be shy. Feel free to raise your hand and shout. This is a great resource of knowledge, wisdom, experience on the stage. Well, while you guys think about it, I got, I got more. So, you know, you know me, I can't stop. It's quite a crowd. Oh, here we go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, I guess with like physical injuries, especially ones, let's say you aren't supposed to be running at all. Um, I guess running for a lot of us too is like helps. I think it's been touched on de-stress or decompress. And so obviously when you have an injury, you want to do rehab work and take it easy. But what's kind of your guys' perspective in those moments um, on like, I guess the mental side of things when you're not able to enjoy running? Great question. Yeah, um, it's hard, right? I think like we, I had to take like seven months off of running about 18 months ago. And um, at first it was like, I was actually having a conversation with a teammate yesterday about this, just like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm just gonna keep running, even though you're, it's very painful, but like you, it's your everyday thing, right? And like, I think we can convince ourselves that that's what helps our mental state, but really it's just kind of like an addiction. So I do think it's, it's healthy to be able to like see that and understand it. And then that should kind of inform how you go about your, your rehab work and everything. But yeah, I think just understanding that there's a bigger picture. It isn't about the next, you know, a couple weeks or months, but like years, because this is a sport that we can do our, basically our entire lives. And I think just having that kind of long-term perspective with injuries is, has been really helpful for me. Um, and just kind of a little bit of letting go in general. Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with uh, Steven. I mean, yeah, having that long-term approach uh, with, with anything that you're doing. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of us are in this for, for our lifetime, pretty much. Um, but, but also, again, I, I would find things that, you know, find joy. Maybe it's a new hobby. Uh, almost to kind of distract you when you're also maybe, like, cross-training and stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, to find that, find that joy uh, in something else, too. And it's also, I feel like, a, again, like a new window of, like, exploration for you to kind of, like, expand, expand your life and to go into. And maybe it's something that, you know, can ultimately, like, help you running in the, in the long term. But, but again, I, and I think surrounding yourself by, with good people also is also another, another great facet to when you're injured or hurt or sad is, yeah, surrounding yourself with your people is always the best. Yeah, coming off an injury, I'm like, this obviously rings very personally to me. Um, 
for me, it was definitely like it's hard to kind of separate that identity piece with like an act. Like I am what I do, and that's obviously I think we've all kind of been caught up in that, especially as runners. Like we equate so much of our success and our self worth to an activity. Um, but like I, being able to like take a step back and realizing like, oh, like the way that I do my activity is who I am, and I can start to apply like how I do my activity to other facets of my life. Like I heard a very good quote that stuck with me where it's like the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. Um, and being able to apply that to my friendships, my relationships, my family, and like maybe activities that I've put off. Um, and like during the injury, really trying to like channel that drive into maybe things that have been lacking during like my big buildups or my competitions, whether that is my friends, my family, or like even personal hobbies that I wanted to get into. Um, and so finding it as kind of a time to reset and just solidify the things around me that, that mean a lot to me. Because obviously running's finite for all of us at a competitive level and at a high level. And so making sure that like when our time comes, like we still have people and places and things to do afterwards. And so that, that kind of helped me a lot. So I hope that helps. Any other questions from the audience? Well, maybe I'll close us down, guys. To end on a high note, obviously, the news in the world in general has been tough for the last few years, but I think we all agree that a trail and ultra running is really a shining beacon on a hill, a beautiful community, and something that we all find a lot of positive positivity and hope from. Maybe let's end by talking about things that you guys are excited about, whether it's athletically, professionally, something something else entirely, something that's uh, exciting you or motivating you? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the best time of year to trail run, right? Summer. So I think just like even being in Flagstaff recently and you just for, kind of forget and when you're in winter, just like how nice it really is. And just, yeah, you, you get some, some fresh single track and I just don't think there's anything better than that. So yeah, looking forward to going you know, to Silverton this year for a couple of weeks, hopefully getting ready for CCC. That's kind of my goal race and just uh, soaking all that up. And yeah, man, this is a, a great time to be, to be running trails. So yeah, looking forward to the rest of the year. Yeah, if summer ever comes. Goodness, we're all wearing town jackets on the stage here. What are you guys inspired about right now? You know, obviously not everybody is in the same position that we're in to be able to do what we do, like go out and trail run um, on a daily basis. But what you know what you mentioned there is like trail running is kind of that shining light in the world it's like well it sounds to me like everybody just needs to go for a trail run politicians world leaders <laughs> yes. just get out on a trail run might do you some good right so that's that sounds pretty good to me that's get some so exercise yeah. we have actually have shirts free trail we've produced some shirts that just say trail running will save the world i actually have them in the back of my truck if anybody wants one so see there you go there's our yes. motto for the week yes yeah, you guys should put on a trail race. Uh, all the world leaders versus each other. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we will settle our differences. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of problems. Yes. <laughs> Anything that's inspiring you, Logan or David, to close us down? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, super stoked. Uh, you know, the trail's back open, like uh, Stephen was saying. So that's always like super, super hype when the snow's starting to melt, even though we're getting a little flurries today. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to dabble in some, some new ventures myself. So, um, it's been really fun, you know, uh, elevating other athletes and helping build out the, the trail team at on. 
as well as uh, starting to, to race direct uh, a bit myself. So putting out a few races in, in New York City. Um, Shout out your new race. Uh, yeah, the Hudson, Hudson River 50. Uh, if you want to see New York City's most iconic trail race, come through October 1st. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, super exciting there. And, um, yeah, just super hyped to do some racing this summer. So should be dope. Yeah, to kind of iterate every, like what everyone said, um, it's, it's almost summer, almost summer it feels like. Um, just excited to get on the trails. I have some fun like trips and travels coming up, both personally and professionally. And like, I'm just really excited to um, yeah, have a few fun trips planned. Like I'm heading to Quebec in a few weeks and I'm excited for that. Um, for the Quebec mega trail, that'll be a first for me. And then heading off to Sweden for some time off and some personal, some personal time. And I'm just excited for, for everything coming up. So yeah, things are on a good trajectory. I'm just happy to be running again. Fantastic. Are all four of you running the 26K tomorrow? Yeah. Good yep. luck. <laughs> Big round of applause for our elite men's panel. Mr. Max King, David Kilgore, Logan Williams, Stephen Kirsch. Thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, Debo. Thanks, yeah, thanks Thank you. Pretty cool, right? I love these live podcasts, the format, the energy. It's so fun. Look forward to doing more of it at Western States in just a couple of days. Thanks to Max, David, Logan, and Steven. Big thank you also to Brendan Madigan and the Broken Arrow team for having me. Can't wait until next year. Reminder to tune into the live stream of Western States as well as the pre-race interview shows. We'll post a lot more stuff about that in the coming days, but make sure you subscribe to the Western States 100 YouTube channel. And if you missed any of the action from Broken Arrow, go back and watch the VK and 26K live streams, two of the coolest race live streams ever televised in our sport such cool action this stuff is getting really advanced so fun to be a part of thank you to speedland and garmin for the support of the show visit the links in the show notes to shop these great brands please do support the brands who make free trail possible it is the only way that this all makes sense okay hopefully you guys don't tire of my voice too much this week. You'll be hearing more from me very soon. I love you all very dearly. Thanks as always for listening. Talk soon. Bye-bye.